You are Locked On Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Happy Thursday. You know what that means. That means we are doing the Michigan mailbag. It is jam-packed. It's crazy. There's so many questions. Everyone's excited. Kind of crazy because we don't expect to be here. (laughs) At least we haven't in a long time. Let's just get to it. Starting with our leaders and best, James Grudup at James Grudup 6. You might have mentioned it on Monday, but being objective covering the team, did the old fan and you come out a little on Saturday? How about the energy they showed from the tunnel at halftime to the way the line responded and had Romans back in the scuffle? I loved it. And Zuri just apparently found her squeaky toy. The moment the show started, she's just laying over there. The moment I start talking, Zuri wants to get involved in the show. All right, well, she's. I was going to try to get her on camera. Not happening. Anyway, uh, I did mention it on Monday, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to rehash. Yeah, the <laughs> it, it, it was crazy because it was one of those things where, yeah, I... I haven't clapped in six plus years, almost seven years to Michigan scoring a touchdown. And when they got in the end zone the first time I had my hands up, like ready to clap. And I'm like, what, what is this? What is it? I I don't, I haven't clapped for a touchdown period since like 2014 ish. I mean, like maybe some, some point in 2015, maybe I was watching like Michigan, Minnesota, it was like I, I very publicly declared my fandom dead after the, the game in 2016 because, like I said before, I had to learn how to function and operate. Uh, I learned that lesson. And, uh, yeah, I, I definitely I was shaking throughout the game because the other part of it is since I can't root for Michigan anymore, I root against Ohio State and Michigan State. And... When I'm seeing Michigan playing Ohio State, that makes things ramp up a bit bit more. So I was very, like, I was shaking once things were starting to get obvious that Michigan was going to win. I could not string words together. I'm trying to write, and I can't. I'm like, I didn't know what I was going to write. I'm not used to writing during the game anyway. So, I mean, it was a a struggle. Josh Barjadiki. Where's the post-Big Ten championship game party going to be in Indy on Saturday night? I asked the Spartans and Buckeyes I know, but none of them had plans this weekend, and some of them even said things I can't repeat in public. Funny. Um, obviously, I have no idea, but downtown Indy got a lot of a lot of different places. Um, I don't know because I don't go out. So it's not my thing since, uh, since I don't drink. Going out seems kind of weird. Uh, so sorry I don't have anything better on that. I know you're mostly joking, but still. My brother in metal, Michael Wolf at MWolf21. What was your favorite moment of the game versus Ohio State? Mine may have been uh, the OSU three and out after the half and then three runs for a Michigan TD. Or maybe how the team went after the OSU DB after he ripped uh, Wilson's, Roman Wilson's ha- helmet off. Uh, actually, you kind of nailed mine. Mine was the uh, it, that mixture of three and out and then the three runs. But, I mean, kind of hard just to beat victory formation, right? But, I mean, if you're looking for... Something I kind of like the uh, the other thing that I think should be an honorable mention is the pass from Cade to Cornelius Johnson because I'd have to look and I do have I do still have the stats up and I wonder how quickly I can find this. I don't know if it will tell me here. Yeah, it will tell me here. Uh, so the long 
37 to Cornelius Johnson, 34 to Mike Sainer still. Almost right there with Chris Olave's long of 39. Again, they were so convinced that they that Michigan couldn't pass the ball, that Michigan wasn't going to be able to, their DBs are so good, blah, blah, blah. Uh, I, I definitely, I think that's the other thing that ramped it up for me to kind of answer James's thing is between the Ohio State media, not all of them, like you, you guys heard Jay Stevens on here last week. I thought he was very even keeled. He was a little bit concerned. Everyone else, like I was reading Bucknuts, I was reading Letterman Row just to kind of get an idea of, what these people were, you know, the Ohio State people were predicting, and they gave Michigan a less than zero shot. Even eleven Warriors, I, I think that uh, Dan Hope is is my guy. He's a he's a friend. I, I'd like to consider him a friend. He's a really good guy. He's very even keeled. Even he was like fifty five to twenty or something like that. You know, like no one was giving him a chance. So, and a lot of people mentioned Cade's not going to beat you. So the fact that Cade had a couple of really big plays means a lot. I think. Jimmy Whitner at Jimmy Whitner one. What uniforms would you like to see us wear Saturday? That's his first question. Um, you know what? I I I, I don't know if I want to. I would say go with the Penn State look, but considering that Iowa almost certainly is going to be wearing the yellow bottoms themselves, and I don't know who. I know I think Michigan technically would be the home team. I don't know how it works. I haven't really investigated. I don't really care. Uh, but uh, it's one of those things where. I kind of would like to see the blue again. But if Iowa, for whatever reason, color rushes it, I think Michigan should color rush it. Because we've seen Iowa wear like all black, and I don't know if they would wear all white. I don't know if that's in their thing. I'd love to see them color rush it, but I'd go with the blue again. Because, I, I mean, I think that's worked out really well. Uh, they've Because the only time that they wore, I mean, they wore all white, I think, I mean, against Michigan State. Is that it? I think that might be it. On the road. I guess Nebraska too, but uh, I like the blue. The blue pants have worked out pretty well. Number two, who would you rather play in the playoff? Assuming we beat Iowa, I'm kind of torn between Cincinnati and Oklahoma State. Um, I think the the problem with playing Cincinnati now, I don't think Michigan's going to let up at all, regardless of who it is. But it, the problem with Cincinnati is a couple things. Number one, I mean, I think Michigan would beat Cincinnati. But you don't want to be the, the team to lose to the group of five team if that ha- does happen. You wonder how, how guys, what, you know, when you're looking like, oh, it's Cincinnati compared to playing a power five opponent. Uh, so I think that's that's a thing. I'd like to see see them play Oklahoma State because I feel like at least that'll give a little bit more national credence. I mean, here's the thing. I don't care in a way, right? Play whoever's in front of you. It could be Georgia. Just win. But just get get past that semifinal. I'm just I'm I'm hoping that Georgia just takes care of business against Alabama. We don't have to worry about it because chances are it wouldn't be Michigan versus Alabama. Maybe maybe it would would be, but probably Michigan Georgia if that was the case. I'd rather see Georgia in the championship game. Just get past that semifinal. It kind of makes you wonder. And I don't think this will happen, but you don't want to see the SEC kind of mess around, right? Like that's not going to happen, right? This is not a real thing, but. This idea of, like, if Alabama wins, we can get two in. You know what I mean? You don't want that to happen. Just want it to be four different conferences. I'd like to see – I mean, I, I think Oklahoma State would be more fun, but it might be a little bit harder. But, I'm again, I'm not really concerned with the Big 12. I'm not concerned 
as concerned either with Cincinnati. It's more, and you know what, if, if Alabama, I mean, the disappointing thing is Alabama's lost to Texas A&M. Cause I kind of am like, I wouldn't mind playing Alabama this year, yeah, but here's the thing. Also, if Alabama beats Georgia, they probably are providing a blueprint to beat them in the championship game as well, or in the playoffs. So number three, which remaining recruit would you like to see commit to Michigan? I think Keon Sab because it's one of those things where, uh, or Josh Connerly. I mean, I, I like to have the, I am stargazing a little bit with that. Uh, I, I think that we've fallen the under my, my over two and a half isn't going to happen, but I think they have a chance. Keon Sab isn't a five star anymore, unfortunately. So back forever ago when people said, you know, asked me before he committed to Clemson, I had him as a, as a five star, he's a four star now, but, I'm all in for just getting in all these otherworldly DBs. Zeke Berry, I guess, would be in there. But I'd like to get the five-star in Josh Connerly. Seems to be kind of... And I'm, I'm curious to see if, like, if they get to the... If, if they clinch to go to the playoff, if they're able to get in with somebody that maybe wasn't as much on the radar that they've been, like, kind of reaching out to. That that hasn't happened in a long time. But that has happened. I know early signing day kind of kills that. But I think back to, like, Devin Asiasi... I remember it was my interview with him at uh, the all well first the All American Bowl after that game I interviewed him and uh, he said you know no one knew he was visiting Michigan no one asked him all week about Michigan and then I asked him about Michigan he's like oh I'm gonna visit and then he visits and then I I called him I remember it was the day that uh, Ward Manuel got announced and uh, it was my interview with him that got a bunch of people to put in crystal balls. I didn't even know why because, I mean, I was so new to it. I had only interviewed maybe like 10 recruits, period. So, KRTF Farmer 84, first of all, go blue. How does Gaddis attack the Iowa defense, continue with power running, and try more stuff with speed on the edges? Hard to imagine they would try a lot of deep shots. Yeah, I think you, you go back because, I mean, like they don't didn't really I, – I, I'm trying to remember. It's, I mean, like, yeah, there there's been some deep shots or throws down the middle, some kind of post routes type things like with Roman Wilson against Penn State. I think having the similar game plan to Penn State is probably the way to go. Um, I think that's the best way. Just having a very similar game plan there. Lots of uh, throws underneath. Lots of throws to the uh, using the running backs. Just keeping Iowa completely off balance. Uh, I think that would probably be the thing. Uh, don't give many opportunities to those corners to make a turnover because that's kind of where they thrive. So stay away from that. See how effectively you can run the ball. As you heard yesterday, Andrew Wade wasn't very... Uh, confident about being able to stop the run game. It said it's been better lately, but he hasn't been confident about it. So be interesting. Brandon at Brandon 616. Who's got it better than us after last weekend? Uh, nobody. <laughs> what have you heard, if anything, about rumors of Courtney Morgan going to Washington and Hart potentially ending up as a head coach at Temple? I don't, I think Hart's down the list as the head coach at Temple and, and there is some legs are some legs. And I'm not, this isn't my own Intel. This is from somewhere else. Uh, but uh, Courtney Morgan, there's some legs to it, but I think Michigan's obviously going to do what they can to retain him. And I think that's the same for like Mike Hart as well. Michigan's going to do what they can to retain him. I don't think they'll be able to retain every coach. You know, if you have a big year, you're going to lose coaches. That's just how it goes. Jonathan Joseph at J Joseph 2156, finishing us out in segment one. Besides the defensive ends, he's the most important player on defense against Iowa. I have watched very little of them. Uh, I, I would say anyone in the middle because generally that's where they're going to try to run Tyler Goodson. He's the, the catalyst, right? Keeping contain in the middle. 
get get that running back on the ground, you got yourself a cha- uh, a real good shot. Their offense is really anemic. It's it's like in the hundreds, I believe. Uh, let me see if I can pull it up real real fast. I don't know if I have CFB stats up right now, but it's their offense. I mean, it's it doesn't grade well even according to PFF. I believe it's like 60th or something like that in PFF, which means it's better than like what it shows, but. Overall, I mean, it's just not a good, really good offense at all. They're 123rd in offense. So, I mean, it is not an offense that can do a heck of a lot. So, I don't know. That would uh, that would be it to me. Keep things in front of you. Um, Spencer Petrus can certainly throw downfield. Just don't give him time. He's a statue. They don't feel confident about their uh, their protections, so... That's uh that causes some issues here. Um, all right. So anyway, we are going to continue momentarily. But uh, anyway, what's a holiday memory that you have with Omaha Steaks? You know, it's the premier steak brand out there. Holidays are right around the corner, and finding the perfect gift is tricky. Omaha Steaks makes it easy to send friends and family an unforgettable gift guaranteed to be loved. Go to omahasteaks.com, enter college into the search bar to order the perfect gift package. For $99.99, you'll get 24 entrees like the world-famous bacon-wrapped filet mignon. I mean, that's a heck of a deal. Chicken breast, sides, desserts, and so much more. When you use the code COLLEGE, you also get an additional eight Omaha Steaks burgers free with your order. We've all heard the reports about shortages and shipping delays, so don't wait. Order the perfect gift package today at omahasteaks.com, and you'll get eight free burgers when entering the code COLLEGE. Achieving gift greatness with Omaha Steaks, incredible flavor, incredible value, and 100% guaranteed. omahasteaks.com, keyword COLLEGE. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, let's continue on. We've got plenty more here. This is a long show. We're going to see if we can do this in 16 minutes because I forgot to restart the camera. Probably not. (laughs) That's how it tends to go. Create some more editing for me. Jim Jim in the North. A bunch of a uh, bunch of uh, questions here, Jim. I want to know: is it is is your Jim in the north? Is it because you're from the north, or is it like a king in the north thing from Game of Thrones? Are you surprised that Mel Tucker seemingly swept the Big Ten Coach of the Year voting? Don't get me wrong; I think he did an amazing job, and it was fairly given to him. But I think Harbaugh did too, and it sounds like everyone was unanimous for Tucker. I'm not surprised. I mean, again, I think he earned it. Uh, no one expected Michigan State to be one of the better teams. I mean, they're third place in the big 10 East, but everyone anticipated it to be last place in the, on that side. Right. Like I had them last place. So I think it's fair. Do you think the leadership on this team, Cade Aiden is the cause of the Renaissance at hundred percent is talking to some people that I've talked to hundred percent. It's made all the difference. 
um, I I don't have I have a story, but I can't share it. But I'll just say that yeah, I think it's um, it's a hundred percent the leadership that on this team. These guys like there there were some issues beforehand that don't exist now. He continues always with the new coaching staff. Any word on if it might be Harbaugh himself? So I, I basically answered that. I mean, it's a little bit of all the above, you know, new coaching staff, Harbaugh. But I think it 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 starts with Harbaugh, and then it trickles down to the coaching staff. But it really is team driven, player driven, in a lot of ways. I'm really nervous about this Iowa game. They're like us, and Iowa has always been a pain. What makes them different from 16? Speak comfort to me. Number one, it's not at Kinnick. It's neutral field. That will. I got an email from Vivid Seats that says um, that they uh, that this game is projected to be like a 65% Michigan fans. So imagine a similar home field advantage to what you just witnessed against Ohio State. Um, Again, the number 123 offense with with two tackles that aren't very, aren't nearly as good as usual to protect Spencer Petras. You've got, uh, you've still got Aiden Hutchinson and David Ajabo. Aiden's now also, I mean, he's all about team. I mean, the Heisman thing I think is in his mind, but he's all about team and laying it all out there. He knows he's, He's only got a couple Michigan games left. I think that bodes well. I just don't see how Iowa can punish you offensively. Defensively, take care of the football and you're fine. You know, it really is that. Mark Z at Mark Zimke, can you think of three defining moments this season where if they didn't happen, perhaps the season would not have turned out as it has? I would say the 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 first one that comes to mind, it's hard to pinpoint, like because I, I, I would have to say one of them would just be the Wisconsin game in general. Um, think so. I th- I think that flea flicker would be one of them. Uh, to Cornelius Johnson getting the early start, saying, "Hey, we can we can be the first one. We can get on the board." Um, I'll I'll couple in the uh, the sack that knocked uh, Graham Mertz out of the game. I think that there was like no chance after that for Wisconsin. Uh, but uh, those two things combined, I'll say the hurdle against Nebraska by Hassan Haskins. That was, I think, the the big the big moment there. Um because certainly Michigan being down was a three, was in danger at that point. Nebraska had all the momentum and to, to drive the field the way they did by, based off of that one play. And uh you can throw in the Brad Hawkins fumble, um uh, forced fumble as being the uh, corollary to that. And then the uh, the Eric All touchdown against Penn State. I think that those three things are the the three defining moments of the season, really. When you think about it, um, if you want to add a bad one, the the refs overturning the Aiden Hutchinson touchdown. That Michigan had their foot; they were very close to really having their foot on Michigan State's throat, and uh, that kind of I thought changed some things. Um, the other bad corollary, I think, it was uh, not getting the punt off, uh, in and uh, getting short. Like I think that pitting Michigan State deep at the stage that they were, Michigan State wasn't able to do a heck of a lot at that point. I think that that's when momentum really kind of turned for them. But I think they me- needed that Michigan State game to go the way it did to some degree to kind of galvanize, realize, hey, we can't leave you know we have to really put the pedal to the metal in some of these bigger games uh so you know it's kind of weird 
how that works. I think every Michigan fan will take it. I don't think there's any of you out there lamenting that loss now, right? Especially if you know, like, hey, it's that loss helped us ultimately. Chase Glasser via Instagram. Very long. Ah, <laughs> what does 11 and one without a ring mean? You going to put a damper on the season? Very worried about Iowa's defense and ability to scratch up, uh, scratch out enough yards up the middle. We gave up too many rushing yards to Penn State, Maryland, and MSU. So here's the difference between those three teams. Michigan with those three teams in particular were keyed in on the pass. They were willing to give, that's part of the game plan. They were willing to give up the runs. Michigan is probably not going to be as keyed in on the pass. They, they, they were essentially daring Penn State, Maryland in particular to run. MSU, it was a little bit harder because you're, you know, like, but the, all of the talk, I think, going in was stopping Peyton Thorne and those receivers, and no one thought that they were going to slow them down. They slowed them down. The problem was Kenneth Walker. So I, I, I do, and I do think that uh, the, the offense, I mean, this is the second best defense they'll have faced. They weren't able to do a heck of anything against Wisconsin. Let me see if I can pull up. Real fast, what they did against Wisconsin from an offensive standpoint. I don't think it will be the same per se, but I'm curious to see what they what they had managed to get because I don't think it was a heck of a lot. They got 156 yards against Wisconsin, so 50 the 55 plays, 24 rushing yards, 132 passing yards. The most passing yards they had were against Maryland, the one of the worst defenses, not the worst defense, but one of the worst defenses in the conference. Uh, you, you have to figure Michigan's probably on par with Penn State, a little bit better than Penn State. Penn State allowed 110 rushing yards, 195 passing yards, 305 total. You think about the fact that Illinois, I mean, yeah, they won some of these games, but like Illinois got to, uh, held them to 255 yards. Minnesota held them to 277. Michigan's somewhere between Penn State and Minnesota. So uh, I think that they'll be fine as far as that's concerned. Um, and this is the best offense that they have faced. I know that seems crazy to think this is the best offense that they have faced, but it is Michigan's 19th. You look at total offense, uh, I, this, I might not, well, keeping in mind, Kent state technically is the best offense they've faced, but that's Kent state, right? A Mac offense that's high flying is different than a big 10 offense. That's high flying, right? Michigan's faced the number 14 offense in Western Michigan. You're not going to equate them to. Ohio State, you know, who's the number one. And um, when Nebraska's the next best offense they faced, 25th, they it took all of those turnovers for them to be able to kind of get anything going against Nebraska. Um, if you watch that game, Maryland uh, is the 34th offense. So defensively, like they haven't faced an offense that has as many things to face as Michigan presents. And uh, 11-1-1 without a ring, yeah, a little empty. Everyone will still be happy about Ohio State, but the bowl game would be a consolation prize. It wouldn't be, wouldn't be like, all right, what you know, like it's they need to win this game and play for something. This is the opportunity, so they need to take advantage of it. Nick at Nick Carl twenty one twenty three was wondering if you knew or your guess on the likelihood that the coach retains most of it of if not all of the staff, especially when it comes to McDonald and Gaddis. Thanks, man, and go blue. No idea at this point. I, if I was to guess, though, Gaddis will probably get an opportunity somewhere. McDonald, I think they'll do as much as they can to retain him. I think he needs a couple, needs another year probably before he gets like a head coaching job. Uh, but, uh, yeah. 
Spencer Whitmore at Spencer Whitmore. No question, but I had tears in my eyes at the end of the game. The end scene of Will Smith in the pursuit of happiness clapping. It's me barefoot in the snow, literally. You're not alone in that, man. I know other, my best friend texted me afterwards and said he was crying. Tears tears streaming down. Zach Van Lenty at Lenty Zach. Awesome win Saturday. What assistant coach do you think was most crucial to this victory? I felt like everyone showed up with an excellent game plan and executed. Side note, erase the interception, settle for a field goal. Moten takes the interception. That's a nine-point swing. I think it works out better, though, that, that things went that way because I think here's the thing. If Michigan would have like gotten – erase the interception, say it was a touchdown or a field goal, I, I think that in, in they, they really punch them in the mouth that much more. That This game would have kind of been chalked up to, well, Michigan really – you know they scored a lot early. Ohio State just couldn't recover or whatever. And I think it's better that it played out the way it did because there's no question about the domination that happened, but the way it happened, right? So Ohio State was in it kind of until the end, and Michigan's just like, nope. I think that makes it that much better. Um, as far as the assistant coach, most crucial to the victory, I'm going to go with Josh Gaddis um, because I think he called a masterful game. Either of the coordinators, really, because, I mean, again, Mike McDonald did took away – what Ohio State wanted to do, made them march the field and uh, didn't let them have any quick strike. Perfect. Jacob Traveria, Jacob 1721-3950. Was this the first time in Michigan history that fans have stormed the field? Honestly, I don't have an answer to that, unfortunately. I don't know. Um, So maybe? Probably not. I doubt it. No, I think 1969 Michigan fans probably stormed the field. Adam Casel at Adam underscore Casel. Now that Harbaugh has finally beaten OSU, what will it take for him to win a win a big game? <laughs> Does he have to win the big, a playoff game, or the national championship? How far can pundits move the goalposts? Because they just want Pete Feinbaum to approve the job that Harbaugh is doing, faced with rolling guys. Um, obviously, that's uh, they're getting their due. I know, and you you are joking as you say serious questions. Why didn't Harbaugh emphasize the OSU game in previous years as he did this year? Have you asked Jake Butt or other former players about this? I actually haven't, but um, that might be something interesting to ask. Um, but uh, I, I think it was just the NFL mentality, right? Take Treat every game like a championship game. Can we say the red zone issues have been solved now? I'd say so. That doesn't mean that Iowa won't keep them from scoring, excuse me, scoring touchdowns. I'm sure Iowa's plan is probably to force Michigan into field goals, kind of like Michigan's plan against Ohio State. I, I would bet that this is not going to be a touchdown every time in the red zone game coming up on Saturday. Will Mendoza at Willie Will, nine. So was Ryan Day able to score on Brown because of familiarity, because he actually knew the specific defensive play calls? To my knowledge, both. I don't have anything more than that, but both. Definitely knew the specific defensive play calls. Andrew Pierre-Tom at Pierre-Tom. How have your preseason bold predictions played out? Someone liked my tweet from back in August today, and I predicted all would catch at least 50% of his passes. O-line would blossom, and we would find one reliable corner. Good, well played. So here's my 10 bold predictions from the preseason. Camera's definitely going to run out here, by the way, because I've got like six left. Uh, Michigan has a 1,000-yard rusher. Turns out they're very close to having two. Very well might. So they've already got one. Number two, Aiden Hutchinson has 10-plus sacks. Nailed that one. The linebacking core is competent. Nailed that one. Whoever the starting quarterback is, if healthy all season, nears the single season passing record. Nope. <laughs> but, all right. Um, I don't know where Kate is offhand. Let's see if I can figure that out real fast. Um, 
he's at 2301, so he's a thousand shy right now. So no. Eric All and Mike Sainer still look as advertised in spring 2019. Yep. Jamon Green has three plus interceptions. Nope, he has one, I believe. But uh, DJ Turner has two. A couple other guys have one. Michigan beats one team it's an underdog to. It's beaten two, Wisconsin and Ohio State. Michigan loses one game it has no business losing. Michigan State, I guess, technically. Defense ends up being top 20 nationally. I don't know if they're still there. They were. Um, and certainly they can get back there, but it's uh, they're 15th, so end of the regular season. Sure, I win. Dalen Baldwin is the leading receiver. Not anywhere close. But, yeah, pretty much nailed that. All right, continuing, Furkinator at Furkinator 1. The hangover could be of real concern after the big upset versus Ohio State. I'm sure a good game plan will be implemented this week. Would you think they'll bring the level of intensity to the line of scrimmage that they brought last week, both offense and defense? 100% I think they will. It's not like this is like if this – someone brought this up somewhere. I think it was on the radio. I think it was on Sirius XM. Maybe not. Maybe it was my best friend <laughs> talking to him earlier today. I'm not sure. Um, but uh, if, if this game was like, say Ohio State was week eight and then they had to play Iowa the next week, that's a different scenario, right? Like it, it's, but this is for the Big Ten Championship, the right to go to the college football playoff. I don't think that they're just going to be like, all right, well, and I think not with this team. I think maybe some of the past teams, you know, they very much had the same kind of look that Ohio State had in this game, which was, all right, we're, you know, we're here. So go ahead and start bowing down to us. I don't think they're going to be hung over. I think they're going to be they're going to come after it. I have no concerns as far as that's concerned. We beat Ohio State at Big House Go Blue underscore. Why do defensive players not get more love in the Heisman voting? I don't know. It is weird though, isn't it? They should. It's all about who impacts the game the most. It should be at least. And uh, I think that uh, offense is just easier to say, hey, that guy threw threw for four hundred, you know, four thousand something yards, or that guy ran for two thousand yards. Give it to him. Sometimes, like, I think the thing with, like, Aiden, why he should get it is is not just how many sacks he has, how much he's impacting the game. Joel Klatt supposedly said that if uh, Alabama loses, he thinks Aiden will win the Heisman as long as Michigan wins. So, but, uh, I mean, and Dominican Sue certainly could have won, should have won probably. Tyler at T underscore force one. Should Michigan go conservative this week against Iowa's defense that gets a lot of turnovers or trust Cade to be Cade and make the right decision, execute the play? Don't don't start being something you're not. You have to just trust Cade and that to make the right decisions. That's what he does, right? Like they're really good at forcing turnovers, but trust Cade to continue doing what he's mostly done for the rest, you know, for the whole bulk of the season. What, three turnovers or three uh he's got what, three interceptions? One of them really not his fault. The two one of them's trying to make a play at the end. One's against Ohio State. Two were ill-advised. One of them was he thought that it was a, a free play. Didn't go that way. Um, I would just, if I'm Michigan, just play your game. If Michigan plays its game the way it's played throughout the season, whether it be the, the game it played against Indiana, the game it played against Penn State, the game it played against anybody, it will win. It's that simple. Rob Anto at Rob Anto one. What position coach are you most impressed with this year? Sharon Moore. Um, I, I think, yeah, he was handed, he was handed the keys to a Cadillac and he's got that thing working like a Ferrari. It's uh, I, I think that 
I was very skeptical about him improving upon what Ed Warner had done. I think we all were very shocked about Ed Warner moving on. And uh, I think he's done a masterful job. It's been incredible. Really, really good. I'm Patman at the underscore GD underscore Patman. What makes you most confident in Michigan's abilities to going into the Big Ten title game? What worries you the most about Iowa? What worries me about Iowa is them mucking the game up. And just if if it ends up being just this one-score game, three-point game, whoever has the ball last wins it, that becomes an issue, right? Because then you, you have no way of ensuring that you actually have the ball last per se. So that's what I'm concerned about the most is Iowa mucking it up kind of like the 2016 game in which I was there at Kinnick on the sidelines. wasn't fun. Um, my, when I'm most confident about Michigan's abilities is that it's just, it, there's not, there's not like a, even like in 2016, it was stop the two receivers and Jake, Butt, stop a, uh, you know, the, whoever's the running back, whether it be Davion Smith or Chris Evans and, uh, and, or Khalid Hill on the goal line. And they mostly did that. And you stop the offense. I mean, that's a lot of components. Now it's not like. Michigan's just so deep offensively. There's 10 guys that you have to try to stall. There's not someone you can necessarily hone in on. I think that helps Michigan. It's so diverse. The play calling and the scheme, it's all so diverse. Uh, I think that Michigan will find ways to move the ball. I think we're acting like Iowa is uh, better than Wisconsin. It's not. Wisconsin's defense is better than Iowa's. So uh, they, they managed to move the ball against Wisconsin. I think they'll manage to move the ball against Iowa. All right. We are going to move on. We've still got a ton of questions left. But uh, before we do, uh, got to tell you a little something about betonline.ag. Now, BetOnline has your you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all of the sports action this season. So head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website sign up today receive your 50 percent welcome bonus using the for uh the promo code locked on that's with your first deposit from football basketball nhl boxing ufc right to your favorite vegas casino games don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports bet online where the game starts All right, we are doing pretty good here for the most part. Not going to be the longest, not going to be the shortest. Kind of works. Kind of for it. So many questions left still, though. Harry Dieters at Harry Dieters. I have not heard. Did we come out of the Ohio State game with no injuries? I know that Corum is still shaking up, but other than that, we should still be solid, correct? Absolutely correct. No new injuries. Everyone's good. Part alternation mark at Wolverines Z. Why didn't Ryan Day hang 100 on Michigan? Funny. Because Michigan took it, you know, they they didn't like that comment. Um, by the way, there are a couple others out there that uh, questions I'm not putting in here just because I didn't want to make this too long, but they're of that ilk. Um, so apologies if you don't hear your name called. It just you don't have time to do a ton of jokes here. AP at Aaron Porter Jr., do you believe there will be any hangover from this team uh, come Saturday? I know I already answered that, but uh, just to reiterate, no, I don't, I'm don't. i not concerned. 
Daniel at Not a Gas Station. How many times have you watched the game? Included a, a great video, uh, the Michael Cohen de- deposition. Um, <laughs> I, I have watched it. I watched the highlights package, uh, just like a eight minute deal, and then I watched the full game, uh, and uh, that's it. So. But yeah, I haven't really re- done a full rewatch like I did this last time. But I did a full rewatch. Being being up in the box instead of on the on the sidelines, it's it's kind of funny that I did a rewatch here, but I didn't feel like I had to do a lot. I just kind of wanted to hear the announcers. Oh, and I watched another highlights package, the one with uh, Brandy and uh, Deerdorf calling the game as well. Jody Getchy at Go- Jody Getchy. How do we get OSU fans to sell their ticks to us and release their hotel rooms? They would rather lose fifty dollars than sell their ticks. Uh, I'm sure it's more than 50, but yeah, I mean, it's petty, but I've heard that that's a thing. Nothing you can do. Let them, let them be that petty. It is what it is. I mean, enough people are going to be there. They're not making that big of a dent. That's what they get for being, uh, let the, the fact that they're going to lose money on this. It, I mean, that's just shows the level of arrogance that they had, you know, they could have just waited, but they were just so convinced they were going to be there. The S the, sorry, the underscore SDB at S underscore D underscore Brown, 1218. With a new developmental process, the coaches have implemented already okay with more three star, three and low four stars than you were a few years ago. No, I think that they need to take advantage now, right? Like I'm, I've always been kind of fine with the way they've done things. And honestly, a lot of those three and four stars have performed better than the five, high four stars and five stars for Michigan. Um, I do want to see them now, though, take a swing for the fences because this is the opportunity to really amp things up in recruiting. You know, you're, you just beat Ohio state time to put a stake in it. Really, really take advantage. So, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm now wanting them to amp things up more. Not Mr. M cider at SCH one, two, five, eight. Does the outland trophy Bednarik lose all credibility since it, they found it. Okay. To leave Aiden Hutchinson off of it and put cave Thibodeau in the final four, in my opinion, it lost any it had. It it is what it is, you know. It's a lot of people who are looking at names, not watching football. It happens. I mean, it's dumb. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I think Aiden's been easily the best defensive player. Like Kayvon didn't even play against Ohio State. And now you're starting to see Aiden get like some number one mock draft pick stuff. Um so yeah, I think that uh, it's not that it lost credibility. It's just that it's. I thought it was being myopic and whatever. Will Anderson deserved to be there. Jordan Davis doesn't have the same types of stats even. I mean, stats don't tell the whole story like we talked about. But Two-tone Daytona at Corey Rayburn. How does Michigan beat Iowa? What's the catalyst? Really, honestly, it's just playing your game if you're Michigan, right? That's the Playing your offense the way you do. Spread the ball out, throw underneath. I think, like again, I think it should be very similar to Penn State on the offensive side, on the defensive side. Uh, just really go after the, you know, rush the passer. Try, you don't need to really blitz, and uh, and and certainly contain Tyler Goodson. Do that. You've you've done, you've done it, and I think that we've seen teams do that. Uh, so I think that's really all you got to do. T- try to score touchdowns instead of field goals. Don't let Iowa hang around. Because you don't want an untimely turnover and just be up a score. Give them an opportunity. Heck, don't want to just be up two scores. You saw how Nebraska went. Troy at T underscore Watt 13. What are the biggest surprises of the offensive uh, slash defensive side of the ball this year? 
It can either be something scheme-wise that is working or position group or player itself. Uh, I'll answer that before I move on to your next one. I think really, honestly, defensively, I think, well, offensively, I think it's that the they, Harbaugh essentially was able to bring back a revamped version of his Stanford attack, and it's worked um, in today's college football. The, the, those spread offenses, this air raid types, have not been dominating. Right now, you're going to see, like, right now, Alabama's the only one that has one of those that's in contention. Georgia, uh, more man ball. Cincinnati, more man ball. Oklahoma State, more man ball. All kind of winning with their defense as well. So I think that's interesting. Defensively, I think the corners have just been excellent, and I think that that's been a really not a big surprise, but I think it's been the fact that things have worked. I've been saying for weeks it's been good. You really saw it against Ohio State because even when they completed passes, you had a guy right there making a play, not being too handsy, but just, you know, it was like perfect throws in order to complete some of those things. So that's good. From a recruiting standpoint, as someone who's been in the recruiting world, what can the true impact of the Ohio State win be, knowing things like academics is a hurdle at times? Well, now you can get a little bit more credence with some of those guys. And I know Michigan always tends to get guys that are, uh, I mean, tends to get on those lists for guys, and then they get eliminated. I think that you can win a few more of those. And I think that if beyond the impact of Ohio State, you win the Big Ten, you can look, be like, look, what we're doing is working. You know, we just beat Ohio State. We won the Big Ten. We went to the college football playoff. You know, it's that that has something to do with it. And then if you can get past uh, the first round of the college football playoff, I mean, then really all bets are off. You win the whole thing, opens up everything. You know, all of a sudden you have a big name like Michigan winning it all. You should be able to reel in like four or five five stars if you really want to. So Mike Fletcher at M Fletch 24. Does Michigan fear that Ohio State might somehow get in the playoffs and exact their revenge? Not that kind of revenge of Goldilocks was spouting off about. No, I don't think so. I don't think Ohio State, Ohio State I think, is done. Because, like, if Michigan loses to Iowa, there's not going to be – I mean, there's no like there's no way if, Mich- you know, if Michigan wins, Ohio State gets in. If Michigan loses to Iowa, Mi- Michigan would still – I think, you know, if you're looking at two lost teams, Iowa would probably be the one that would likely to to get in if for whatever reason chaos ensues around it. Iowa would have a claim. Then Michigan, then Ohio State, then Michigan State, right? So no, not I don't think that Ohio State has any any claim on getting in the playoff. They would at best be number three in the Big Ten. At BXR underscore clinic, are you worried about players staying locked in after last week? Do you feel like Michigan can effectively move the ball on the Iowa's defense? I do. Now, let me just let me just backtrack real quick. Let's look at Iowa's what Iowa's done uh, from a defensive perspective. It has been very good. Not a lot of teams have done a heck of a lot on them, but I think Michigan, again, being the best offense that will have faced, peaking at the right time, Purdue – got 464 yards on them. Minnesota got 409. I think all you, and I know, uh, Minnesota, good defense, good offense. I think they outgained and lost, but it was kind of like they were moving the ball and then stalled out. Michigan needs to not stall out. Uh, Purdue obviously beat them 24 to seven. I think that, uh, Michigan will get up there, right? I think Michigan's offense is better than Minnesota's They just got to finish. Um, they had 189 rushing yards and 220 
passing yards. I think that those numbers are probably close to what Michigan's will be. But instead of 22 points, you hope that Michigan's more up around 28 or whatever. And Minnesota's defense is technically better than Michigan's. I mean, it's gonna it's it's not gonna be easy. I just think that again, you just don't want them to muck it up, right? Don't let Iowa muck up the game. Brian Powell finishing us out at big underscore pow three. You think the speed of Edwards and Corum or the power of Haskins will be more effective against Iowa in the run game? Combination. That's been the whole thing, right? For the most part, is all right. Now you're seeing power. Now we're moving speed. Not, you know, and I think Edwards has some of the power too, but I think it's, it's, it's a combination, never letting them get comfortable with what they're seeing and who they're facing and what those backs can do. I think that that's the, that's the power of having multiple guys who can do multiple things is you can never get truly comfortable. All right. That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back on Friday with Jake, Butt to preview the big 10 championship game, we will talk soon. Thanks for watching and or listening. Peace.